0: switch that to time okay do i need if i turn this up and that's already up okay well we know it's we know it's getting there anyway yeah
1: even if it's a little soft so okay (laughs) well this will be like that great lost recording we had which was the best stuff we ever recorded ever and then we (laughs) we ditched it except it's six and a half minutes of us talking about replacing floors instead that will be now lost (laughs) to the to, to history
0: Right, yes, I can see a waveform now, so I'm happier. I was, a little just, I was just worried. I was like, I don't want to get through with
1: this whole thing and find out that nothing happened. All right. Well, yeah, that would suck. As much as uh, I do love hearing the sound of my own voice, it's, it's very important <laughs> to have more than one at a time in this show. Yeah, although that might be
0: fun. It's just fill in. Just talk to Ben. <laughs> pretend you're, pretend ah. you're Steve for ah. this podcast.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. A million years ago, at my very first job, my boss realized that I had some sort of a natural talent and, for some reason, a desire to keep working in restaurants. And he took me aside and he said, Randall, you could be really good at this, and you could go far if you could just learn to keep your mouth shut. If you're listening to this, you'll know I took part of that advice.
0: You want to know an irony. I don't know how quickly you want to jump into things. It's not an irony. It's a coincidence. It was... um. Uh, interesting. So I updated the website today. Oh, it's biffy. Um, it had been a little while. It had actually been longer than I thought.
1: Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that tracks.
0: So I think it. I think it just has to do with when I update the website.
1: <laughs> yeah, could you, be. You have troubles. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Yowser. Yeah, yeah, plenty to talk about today for sure. Kayla and I tried a new restaurant in town. Okay, sweet. Let me let me jump us in and we'll do that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to In the Weeds with Ben Randall. I am Ben Randall. And I'm Stephen Cadwell.
0: Uh, <laughs> I have my own
1: theme music, finally! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was my daily alarm to check my uh, honey... Not pickled. Honey fermented garlic and my sauerkraut, which I already did today, so I don't need to worry about that alarm. So, sorry. Alright, good. I cut you right off there, Steve. Um... What did you try? What new restaurant did you try out? Um, It was
0: a uh, it's a Mexican place here in town, um, and I'm not going to get it right. There's a small, there's a few of them in the area. La Bomba burritos as big as your head. No, you remember that place? They were (laughs) not lying. Um, Someone. We, we went there we went to see clue at western um kayla and i love to go see well we've seen three i don't, so we love the movie yeah and we saw that a high school was doing clue up in like granville so we went there and then they did it at one of the theaters here and we went and saw it and then i saw that western was doing it and that's the first time i've been back to my alma mater to actually see a show since i was there you know doing them and um uh, but anyway, Tim we're Curry driving, was there. I wish. We were driving around campus, and I to, I've told Kayla about it, and we were driving by where um, Video Hits Plus used to be and Breeders right. is As Big As Your Head used to be, and she mentioned it. Um, and Bimbo's and like,
1: Pizza or Bilbo's Pizza?
0: Both of those are still there, though probably not in the same location. But I said, uh, she's like, uh, Breeders is As Big As Your Head. I said, no, I think they're gone, but that's okay, because I'm still digesting the one I ate in 1996. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's fine. El Rancho Viejo Ooh, spiffy. Um, is the restaurant, and I got enchiladas, and Kayla got uh, Chicken Diablo, um, I think, which is what, devil chicken? Yeah. Usually that's a spicy red sauce. It was. It was very good. Um, my enchiladas were also good. They were cheese enchiladas with uh, pork on top. Um, cool. They didn't have they had chicken enchiladas, beef enchiladas, and then cheese enchiladas. Yeah, and the rice and rice, I don't think they were beans or if they were I didn't see them, but the rice was good. the
1: enchiladas were good, the, the salsas were good. So yeah, it was good it was good good choice. So we've talked about this in the past about how if you are running a small business, there's no silver bullet, right? Somebody says location, 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 but that's not true at all anymore. Uh, it's individual relationships you develop with people. That's the key. That is always going to be the key. That's why I spend too much money on soap, because I buy soap from my guy (laughs) Sam, and that's why I go out of my way to go to the Taste of Columbia coffee shop, which is nowhere near my new house. I go there anyway. Yes, I love their product. I just dig those people. Tuesday, we went to a taco place, my daughter and I, after I picked her up from school, because it was just one of those days, (laughs) as we'll get into later on in the episode, where I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't have the energy. I don't have the wherewithal i don't have the time i don't have any of the stuff that i need to be able to uh, make dinner tonight and so we went to the taco place pueblo nuevo it's on central and montrose if you live here in chicago on the northwest side and uh well worth the drive um lulu who runs the place is amazing she's great it's like her whole family is there whatever we go in there and we order and she was like the owner she was like it's gonna take a long time i was like no it's not you liar." And so she goes, you want a cup of coffee? I'm going to get you – I've got coffee. I'm going to get you a cup of coffee. You want some coffee? And in my head I was like, you've had some coffee. So she gives me a cup of coffee. My daughter and I sit down. One second later she comes out with this giant piece of flan for my daughter. You need to eat something while you wait. And my daughter's eyes just bugged out. She ate the whole fucking thing. It was just wild. (laughs) But it's – I'm sitting here going. I'm trying to support a local business. I'm trying to support a small family-owned business. What I want to do is selfishly I want this place to remain open. They're great. I love them. And I want to be able to continue enjoying it. So for me, like going there and supporting them, that's entirely selfish. You got to stop giving me free stuff, lady. This <laughs> is <just laughs> counterproductive. But I get yeah. that that's where those relationships come from, right? So. Yeah. It just reminded me when you said Diablo sauce because she started making a mole. And I really have to get her enchiladas with mole because uh, she had me try it the last time I was in there, not this past week, but the week before, two weeks ago. She was just like while i was waiting she just brought me out this little cup of mole and some chips and she was like you have to try this i was like hell yeah i do <laughs> and it's very good nice i didn't i didn't look to see if they had mole we we ordered takeout we ordered it
0: to go i feel like the everything that we got was safe in terms of we didn't have to go very far cuz it's not very far away but as far as like bring home food um it you know there it, the enchiladas are already wet, so you don't have to worry about those getting soggy. Right. Um, uh, the rice is just going to stay fresh. Uh, and the same with the... Like Kayla's uh, chicken was in the tin, and then the uh, tortillas were separate. But they were flour tortillas anyway, so it's not like you have to worry about those becoming soft, because they're soft already. Yeah. Or, or they may even... I think they were flour. But anyway... uh so, yeah, everything 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 traveled very well, the two miles or whatever it is, to my house.
1: Oh, man, Steve, there's a dish I need to get. Next time you're here in town, we'll have to plan this out. You'll have to get a pambasso. Have you ever had one of those? No. Okay, so imagine everything that goes into a taco, right? And we're talking gringo tacos, so it's some kind of meat. It is salsa, tomatoes, onions, cheese, sour cream, lettuce, right? Like all of that stuff. Inside of this very fluffy bread that looks kind of like a really big, um, almost like a Kaiser roll but without the design on top, very soft, very big and fluffy, and then they dip it in this oil and they kind of sear it on the flat top, I presume, because it's like almost crispy on the outside, and it's amazing. It's an absolutely amazing sandwich. My son always used to get their quesadillas at Pueblo Nuevo, which steak quesadilla, pretty much what it sounds like, but they do them on corn tortillas and so this time around when i went to order i was coordinating with my wife and she said you know that our son wants me to surprise him but he did not want those uh, quesadillas and the corn tortilla and i was like oh sweet i'm gonna get him a pombaso steak pambazo. <laughs> by the time he finished it and my son is not knowing for being quiet as soon as he took a bite he got real quiet by the time he finished it, he looked at me and he goes, this is my favorite thing at that restaurant. <laughs> I said, <laughs> all right, good. Because I love them, too. And I'll, I, I will happily go there and be like, give me four pambasos, you know. Uh, except I need to try their mole, too. Nice. Just have them stuff it in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Mole pambazo. I'm in.
0: Or coat it in it. Can you get it like uh, Italian beef? You want it wet. I mean, want dip, dip it in the mole. In mole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could probably just say, hey, can I get like four ounces of mole? And she'll be like, "Yeah, for what?" i will be like, I, "For everything." I don't know. I'm just gonna put it on <laughs> an cereal. IV. I don't know. <laughs> right? Do you have a really big needle, like a big bore? Right. Although I do like the idea of mole puffs. Right, 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 right. Beyond that, I have not had any food adventures since the last time we recorded. Why don't we talk real quickly about Christmas? Because that shit is coming up fast. It's in a week and a day. Yeah. What does your Christmas, uh, what do your plans look like? What does a, a, a Steve Cadwell Christmas dinner look like? Like, what are you anticipating for this year? Are there going to be grape barbecue meatballs? Uh, I don't, I
0: doubt it. But you never know. It depends on what was requested. So after we recorded last time, although it's not actually lasagna, it's just some weird casserole. I did ask my mom <laughs> to make the, um, the Midwest um, lasagna with, that's got the uh, you know the spiral noodles and um, oh yeah 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 so uh, so I think we're going it's have a pasta that.
1: bake but yeah
0: yeah yeah um, but everyone calls it lasagna even yeah. though it's not I mean I technically it could have layers but you know. no it doesn't
1: there's something extremely similar that my mom called goulash which bears no resemblance to actual goulash not her fault whatever uh (laughs) but when i encountered real goulash i was like oh i don't know what this is
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. i think the same thing happened to me um we because we always we called it short noodle spaghetti or
1: (laughs) or right
0: or darren's favorite because my brother loved it um but we also it was the, it was the cheapest version ever because it was elbow macaroni, hamburger and tomato soup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh and I mean I there's a there's a place in my heart for it still. But um uh so there's going to be that. I don't know what else there's going to be. We are going to do a ham. So Kayla and I will do something with a ham. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, Kayla and I will do something <laughs> with a ham. Uh, Take it out dancing. Go to the yeah. casino. <laughs> when uh, when we do ours, which I think we're going to do maybe Christmas Day, because I think my extended family is going to get together on Christmas Eve. Ah. Um, my sister's coming through to head up to TC, or uh, you know, up that area, and uh, and that that way they won't have to come back, you know, go up there and then come back and then go back up because yeah, it will yeah. just we'll catch them on the way up. So um, that I think is the current plan. And, um, yeah, so other than that, I'm not sure. My mom wasn't going to do any pies, though. Kayla and I, were still experimenting, so we're going to take one. Well, they're both going to be kind of experimental because we have not done them before. The one we did, but we're going to modify what we've done. We're trying to get a coffee, like a chocolate coffee pie. Oh, nice. Um, We don't know how much of the chocolate syrup to substitute for the coffee syrup. We feel like, or at least I feel like we didn't substitute enough we did like 50 50 split last time and i feel like we need more coffee syrup less chocolate syrup so we're gonna give that another go and and take that up but my mom said yeah you and i are the only ones that eat pies so i'm not i wasn't gonna make it so um, so um yeah i do
1: love pie i do too yeah um nice nice i my mom always does a ham and i believe so uh, to back up we're gonna stay here in chicago for christmas day christmas eve christmas day and the next couple of days after that and we're going to head up to visit my folks in northern michigan later on that week right so it broadens our menu choices quite a bit because my mom's going to do a ham for christmas but it'll probably just be her and my dad up there and so whatever we'll be able to do whatever we want when we go up there uh i only ask because this is like when you ask somebody how they're doing because you want to tell them how you're doing yeah so one of the teachers at the school uh, middle of last week, sidled up to me at lunch and goes, Hey, Chef Ben. Oh, so for context, if this is your first episode, welcome. I run the food service for an all scratch uh, private school food service operation uh, here in Chicago, and it's awesome. So this teacher sidles up to me and goes, Hey, Chef Ben, what are you making for Christmas dinner? And I said, Well, I don't know. Because now I have kids who are at like decision making ages, right? My son's almost 15, my daughter's 11. And it's not so much like you plop food down in front of them and you're like, fucking eat this food, right? We may as well involve them in the process. So I said, I don't know. We talked about traditional Christmas meals and stuff for a minute. And then when I picked my daughter up that day, I said, hey, got a question for you. What should we have for Christmas dinner? Without skipping a beat, without, I think, even taking a breath, she just went, duck. And I said, duck? Oh, (laughs) To my knowledge, my daughter's never eaten duck, <laughs> right? And she wants me to roast a whole duck. I'm like, okay, I will try to remember how to roast a duck. So <laughs> part of my morning tomorrow, which is I'm very glad that we're recording tonight, is I'm going to go to Costco and see if they still sell full ducks. And if so, I'm going to buy
0: one. If they don't, where will you go?
1: It's a couple of meat markets not far from where I am. Okay. And there's also a couple of Whole Foods's. I just don't want to necessarily pay those prices. So if I can find it yeah. at Costco, I'm way more excited about that.
0: One of the benefits of living in a city yeah, is not being difficult to find those things. Now, having um, said
1: that, my son seemed a little... He's too polite for it, but he seemed a little bit not exactly excited about Duck. And I'm pretty sure he's had it before, but I don't know if he remembers. Because the last time we did Duck here was a long time ago. So we are going to do Meatballs, but I have ground bison in my freezer so i'm gonna do them swedish meatball style like cream sauce mushrooms garlic and uh egg noodles so we're gonna have a wild menu this year we're gonna be all over the place so i'm excited for that and ladies and gentlemen if you want to follow along at home with all of that kind of crap the social media presence for me is chef ben randall on instagram you can find the show at uh uh, on Facebook if you just look up In the Weeds with Ben Randall. If you want to be part of this conversation, let's say you do know how... Like, are you a duck expert? You want to give me some <laughs> some duck roasting tips? Uh, in the Weeds WBR at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of us. Beyond that, Steve runs a website for us. In the Weeds WBR.com. Newly updated just today. Newly updated, which is very exciting for everybody. We um i so when you roast a duck it's the same as with a turkey same as with a goose all of that the legs are going to take longer to cook than the breast meat and then the breast meat is going to dry out so i need to do some research i did a little bit of online looking at recipes and came away thinking to myself nobody knows how to fucking roast a duck the least of all these people on the internet because all of the recipes i was reading were stupid and they were written poorly and they had (laughs) stupid stories in front of them and i was just like look I don't trust any of you fuckers. So I'm going to go to a, a book of some sort. I have I have all these cookbooks at home, so I will uh, do my research there. Although, as we've talked in the past, just having a thing in a book doesn't necessarily mean it's good, right? So I'm not going to yeah. use the Pokemon cookbook to to roast this <laughs> duck. Uh, nice. When was the last time you roasted a duck? A whole duck? I don't even know. It's it it must have been in a restaurant and it must have been 20 years ago yeah. it would have been a long long time ago because generally what you do is you either confit the legs separately or you sear the breast meat and slice it generally you're not roasting a whole duck uh, i've been to those chinese restaurants where they do like the whole roasted duck dinner thing with all the sides and all that i've been to a couple of those in the last couple of years but i wasn't cooking the thing right yeah. so
0: i was gonna say yeah you're, you're doing the whole christmas story christmas dinner yeah you should have just kept it secret, like they did in the movie. The reaction there is real when they bring that out because uh, they, or or at least um, I forget the actor's name who played the mother, but she didn't at least uh, know that the head was going to be connected. <laughs> so that's a genuine response from her. And then when they chop it off, and she she jumps and um and all that all that's like the the actor reacting to that sight. So it would have been nice for you to be yes shh. Daughter, keep it a secret, though, <laughs> right. I'll just bring this duck out, and we'll see what uh, everyone else says when, I, when it comes out.
1: Well, not to be too much of a nouveau hipster douchebag chef guy, but I might sous vide it. They're Ooh. narrow enough. A duck is narrow enough that it'll fit in one of those vacuum sealer bags. I have all the apparatus. I have a Cambro. I've got the sous vide wand. I've got the whole deal. So what I might do, just to make sure that I'm not going to have, like, that um christmas vacation where they cut into the turkey and it's just dust on the inside to make sure i'm not yeah. going to be serving duck dust i may sous vide the thing and that might actually be the best way to go but i the recipes that i trust actually come from people who make equipment like that right so like all of the Anova recipes they have exhaustedly tested that shit because if i make a recipe with my sous vide wand that came from their book or their website, and it doesn't work, I'm going to double blame them. You know, they don't want that.
0: Yeah, right. So
1: if they've got a recipe for a uh, Christmas duck, then I may I may use that. Nice. Beca- the uh, other thing is that, like, man, if I could cook a thing for, like, 48 hours, but I don't have to worry about it, and then I throw it in the oven for 20 minutes, yeah, I'm going to do that. That'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: the other thing that your uh, menu reminds me of is um, – I saw a hyphenated last name the other day, and it did make me wonder, like, what they were going to do for holiday dinner of any kind. Because it was, like, a German-looking last name, hyphen, and, and Hispanic-looking last name Ooh. after the hyphen. And I was like, oh, goodness, that's that sounds amazing in terms of, like, some of the culinary things you're going to be – like, those kids have to have a, a food identity crisis of some kind, I would imagine – um, because Germanic foods and Hispanic foods not that similar,
1: right? I mean, you've got well, no, you're right. Like potatoes, kind of, but you're talking Southern Germany for potatoes. Yeah, I don't even know. So, Pork. Do you,
0: how do you how how would you make a German taco, for example? Would you like uh. is it like a taco shell? Do you stick with a taco shell and like? sauerkraut and sausage
1: i mean that's what i was thinking like roast pork with yeah sauerkraut so basically it's like a brat in a tortilla yeah it
0: could be some fun some fun things there that's the fusion restaurant i want to see if anyone has been to a german uh mexican restaurant or vice versa whatever let me know because i'm very curious
1: like if you were to make pozole which is a, a mexican soup made with hominy and limes and onions and 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 chicken and and uh cilantro and stuff like that but you put spetzel in it that would be okay it's a traditional german potato noodle <laughs> i don't know <laughs> nice. i don't know german mexican german central or south american combo fusion yikes i don't know what i mean that was what that's what you'd have to do you'd have to look at both of those cuisines figure out what the commonalities are and figure out how to get them to talk to each other there's a restaurant here in town called kimski which is a fellow who's from korea and his wife is polish and they decided our cultures are connected through cabbage and so that's how they start everything is (laughs) like how does cabbage connect our cultures food wise and then that's how they design their menus and very cool so the difference between sauerkraut and kimchi not that great except that one is spicy and the other is not you know but the process is roughly the same have you started fermenting anything speaking of I do. I have some sauerkraut going. Um, I've never done it before, and I don't really know what to look for, and I'm worried that the surface is starting to develop a mold that I don't want, that I can't just scrape off like it's jam. But I don't know what to look for. It. I, I was warned that it would smell. It does smell, but I wasn't warned what it would smell like if it was good or what it would smell like if it was bad, so I don't know. <laughs> Besides that, no, I haven't really done any more fermenting experiments. Although I will say, I am worried about the sourdough starter that I bought from that company because I've had two batches of bread now so far that have been underwhelming. And I worry... So I either the starter itself just needs more time to strengthen or it does not dig the cold because it's fairly chilly in Chicago right now. Could be both, so we'll see. But I did have to throw away two entire loaves of bread today because they were just garbage. And I just said, fuck it. And I made regular, you know, like bread made out of yeast today because I just needed to have a success. I needed to win. And so I made that. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, fed the starter. I'm leaving it out. I want to see if it gets bubbly and fabulous. And if it does, then I'm not going to worry about it. But if it doesn't, then I have a problem. So we'll see. Gotcha. Did you, uh, the did the chickens like the hubcaps? You know what I did? I didn't throw them away. I have them in my dehydrator right now. I diced them up. I'm going to grind them for breadcrumbs.
0: Oh, okay okay all right that's fair yeah but I throwing him to the chickens
1: that that has happened
0: yeah um have you been keeping in the keeping it in the fridge
1: yeah and so i just wonder like there's no way i killed it the starter i think it just is too young i think it just needs to process it needs to get stronger the uh volume of that culture needs to to just increase gotcha yeah. Meanwhile, I've started a second starter just on my own made out of a flower called kernza, which is a, a perennial wheat that was, I think it was developed or, or it's ancient. It's one of the two. And so it's being a perennial, you wouldn't have to replant it every year. And so it is sort of a, an economic disruptor to like your Monsantos who have corn, like seed corn that you have to buy from them every year. Like you're on a fucking subscription service to be a farmer. Kernza, you plant it once, and it's just like, well, guess what? You're going to have kernza every year, just like you would with any other grass, right? Uh, And so because it's an organic product and because it's relatively freshly milled, I took that, I put a little bit of rye flour in it as well, and I just mixed some water uh, with that, put a coffee filter on it, put a rubber band around it, and I'm going to leave it till it gets bubbly. Nice. And then I'll have two, I guess. I don't know. If if I need to start taking a break with sourdough over the winter because my house is too cold, that's fine. I can always make country loaves with commercially available yeast and just do that, and that's fine. That's yeah, not. Yeah. Nobody's going to complain about that here in my house.
0: Maybe your starter wants a little bit of the what's floating on the top of your
1: sauerkraut. <laughs> could be. Could be. I could be <laughs> making a really boozy sauerkraut too. I don't know. <laughs> Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, things happening that people don't want to have happen, do you want to talk about the continued uh, cantaloupe outbreak that's yeah, going on? Yeah, holy
0: cow. The Yeah, two of those since we
1: last spoke, I believe, that uh, yeah. you sent me. Maybe three, but at least two. So I'm just going to go with the most recent article because it just gets worse and worse. So again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not subscribed to Food Safety News, you're probably... In a better emotional place than I am, because it really is... It's doom-scrolling, except it comes right to your email, where there are these helpful, fabulous people at Food Safety News who will send you the worst shit you've ever heard about food every single day. Right to your email, right? (laughs) So this article is from yesterday. More than 300 sick in cantaloupe outbreak. Mexico closes implicated cantaloupe operations. So, once again, this is our favorite journalist, Coral Beach, who... I still don't know if that's a real person or if this is an amalgam of all the people who work for Food Safety News. I don't know. Uh, Once again, Coral, if you are a real person, we're not mocking your name. We find it fascinating, and your parents did that shit to you on purpose. (laughs) Or you did that to yourself or your AI. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So more patients, this is to quote from the article, more patients have been identified in the salmonella outbreak. Trace to cantaloupe. The outbreak is now spread across 42 states. Mexican officials have closed the implicated cantaloupe operation. Right? So here's the stats on this, Steve. The short story is cantaloupe will get you sick. Since the most recent update on December 7th, another 72 patients have been confirmed, bringing the total number of sick people to 302 in the United States. In a related outbreak in Canada, there are 153 sick people, 6 deaths. Four have died in the States so far. We have 10 deaths associated with this cantaloupe salmonella outbreak. Yeah. And this has only been going on since the end of October. Right. So, the news as it is. Mexico's government said Friday it temporarily closed a cantaloupe processing plant while investigating the source of salmonella contamination, according to Thomson Reuters News Service. So, here's the tricky part with that, Steve. You've got all of these farms growing cantaloupe. They're all going to a processing center. The processing center has now been implicated in inoculating these cantaloupes with salmonella that then get shipped out, right? Where did that salmonella originally come from? That's the problematic question here because let's say let's say there's 20 farms going to this one processing plant, right? One of them was using water for fertilization or for irrigation that was contaminated with salmonella. That salmonella now lives at that processing plant and anything that comes out of it, no matter what farm it came from has been exposed to the salmonella. So closing the processing plant is a good first step, but until they figure out what farm it is, those farms are just going to go to a different processing plant because the cantaloupe still needs to get processed. And chances are good we're going to see another processing plant that's going to have the same issue because wherever the salmonella is coming from, it's going to go to that next processing plant. And so on.
0: How how does salmonella contaminate uh, cantaloupe? Because if it was E. coli, it
1: would have been from fertilizer probably, right? Well, you could not in... Well, I don't know if you could in the States. I'm pretty sure in the States you cannot use chicken products either manure or dead animals as fertilizer i don't know what the regulations are in mexico but it could be as simple as one of these farms their irrigation source is downstream from a chicken farm could be as simple as that okay I also have seen – although I'm, I'm certainly not making any accusations – I have seen that because of a lack of infrastructure in certain parts of Mexico, certain parts of the American South, rather than having those big like arches on wheels that, that roll across a field to do irrigation, you'll have trucks that will back up to a stream or a pipe of some sort or some sort of a water source. And will load up and then drive to the fields and drive along really slowly and irrigate sure. that way. How do you regulate where those trucks are filling up? How do you know where those trucks are filling up? So that's now, that's gonna be the tricky part.
0: Is cantaloupe I mean, I know you don't eat the rind, so is there no need to wash it? Would washing get the salmonella off?
1: Not necessarily. My company uses an antimicrobial fruit and vegetable wash, which is food safe and it's ingestion safe. Like you can eat this stuff if you want to. That we clean all of our fruit in. So that's hand fruit like apples and oranges. That's watermelon. That's pineapple, cantaloupe, whatever. We give it a bath in that stuff first. Although my company has now just said we're not buying cantaloupe anymore. We're we're told not to buy cantaloupe at all until further notice notice we don't use it on lettuce necessarily but we don't wash a lot of lettuce at my shop at least because the mixed greens that we get come in pre-washed and if you wash them and spin them you're gonna just get mush out of it at the end right yeah we'll yeah. wash hardier lettuces like romaine but we're also not chopping a lot of romaine at my shop it just happens to be the way i wrote the menu anything that gets peeled by the client so like bananas we don't generally wash those either sure But just water? Nah, water's not going to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. Um, So I would say, once again, the meme that came out years ago when there was all of that huge Romaine recall that showed a pound of bacon that said, bacon, never been recalled for health reasons, uh, but Romaine will kill you. That now is still true and applies to cantaloupe. Bacon is... At least getting you sick, healthier than cantaloupe.
0: <laughs> yeah. When in those eating cantaloupe are thinking that they're eating healthier, you know, on some level, which is true. But,
1: yeah, if it's, if it's uh, contaminated, not so much. And that's really not a one-to-one comparison because nobody eats raw bacon. And that is truly the danger of something like this. This is what is considered an RTE product, ready to eat, right? You're not cooking your cantaloupe for any reason right nobody cooks cantaloupe even those people who are like oh i grill everything i grill watermelon i grill romaine for caesar salad fuck off you're making it terrible you're an awful person (laughs) there's no reason to do that anything that's got the water content of a melon or of a lettuce don't grill that shit what's wrong with you even those people are not grilling cantaloupe right and so you're not cooking it so if it does have salmonella on it you are going to get sick there's no question about it you you can't speak to the virtues of smoky cantaloupe. <laughs> I don't know anybody who smokes cantaloupe. I don't know that that would bother me as much as grilling cantaloupe.
0: Yeah, it's still not legal in Michigan. Cannabis yeah. is, but not not
1: cantaloupe. Right, right, right. So it's, again, like, we have become so uh, convenience-obsessed. Yes, it's difficult to eat an entire cantaloupe. Let's say you live by yourself. You're not going to eat a whole cantaloupe. That's crazy yeah. talk, right? And getting a container of diced-up cantaloupe, if you are somebody who likes that sort of thing, then that's probably a great way to have it be convenient for you, have it not go to waste, all of that kind of stuff in one tiny package. Great. However, the price you pay for that convenience is that it costs more per pound when you get it because someone did have to process it, and maybe it's got life-threatening salmonella in it. Yeah. Because you do not know. It's three steps before it gets to you of somebody washing it, peeling it, cutting it, four steps, putting it into the container. You don't know that they're doing all those steps right. You're just hoping. And these were sold, uh, I
0: guess it depends on the store looking at this. It's for Aldi because there are some that were sold at Aldi and they're uh, between October 27th and October 31st. But one of the things they're afraid of is that people that if they did, you know, get a lot, that they froze some of it because you can freeze it and um, to use in smoothies or whatever, and that they they still ha- might have some in their freezer. So if you've got cantaloupe, just throw it away. Be safe. <laughs> yeah. Throw it away. Get some after this is over, and um, figure it out then. Uh, some were sold as late as November, mid-November it looks like. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you've got cantaloupe that you've been hanging on to it's not going to appreciate in value get
1: rid of it (laughs) right and up to and including you know this is a recall that's associated with walmart blends right so melon trio melon mix fruit blend fruit bowl and the really scary thing the really really scary thing for me is this is the kind of shit you serve to kids Yeah. Right. Everybody in the world. That's a lie. Everybody who's now in their 40s who lives in the United States has been to that birthday party that was at a bowling alley where you had that (laughs) pizza that was like a 16th of an inch thick. And somebody brought a fruit tray that was round. It was about 18 inches across that had that dome clear plastic lid on it that was still sealed with the price tag on it from the grocery store. And you opened it up there in the bowling alley and there was the watermelon, the pineapple, the grapes, the cantaloupe, the honeydew. Maybe some kiwis, but like one kiwi that was cut into like a crown shape. And then some very, very sad strawberries. Everybody has had that. And that's where this cantaloupe went.
0: Yeah. It's what they hide underneath the strawberries in all these fruit cups.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's another interesting question, Steve. This outbreak currently is fresh cantaloupe either processed or whole but are we going to find this in processed stuff like fruit cocktail cups in a year don't know the answer to that
0: i oh that is that's a good question my guess is that those are going to be coming from different places you're talking about the the just the the dole yeah yeah, yeah, that you pick up that no
1: refrigeration, right? You're yeah. just picking them off the shelf. Do they have any that have melon like that in them? I don't know because I hate those things so bad. Even when I was a kid, I hated those things <laughs> so bad. The pears in there were always so mealy, and it just drove me fucking nuts. Yeah. You're right. I want to say you're right, that it was always like pears, peaches, and grapes and something yeah, like that's, that. Maybe yes. maraschino cherries if you were lucky.
0: Yeah, in the fruit cocktail, right. Yeah, that's what I think. But um,
1: And mandarin oranges, yeah.
0: Yes, Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if they've uh, unless someone unless they're like shaving or or forming the cantaloupe into the shape of peach slices to uh and soaking (laughs) it in that syrup just to
1: make it seem like a peach. Seems like a peach. So, ladies and gentlemen, the real concern here and the real like. I just want you to all be aware, stuff like this is going on constantly, and it's usually very, very localized, right? They'll find out what farm it was. They'll find out what meat packer or processing facility or what farm, field, animal, right? Like, they can get really granular with this kind of thing, and it's happening all the time. There will be recalls of stuff constantly, and I know about them because my produce guy will tell me about them. My home office will tell me about them. Unless you're signed up for one of these email services, you're probably not going to hear about it until it gets to the point where Canadians are dead because of this, right? Americans have died because of this. We have hundreds and hundreds of people who are in the hospital. And yeah, in a broad sense, that may not seem like a lot, but it's a lot. This is a lot of people for something like this. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's such a wide range of people too. So,
1: So if you have the wherewithal, if you have the time, if you have the energy... It's always better to minimize the amount of steps that have – the amount of the amount of hands that have been on your food before you get your food, right? So if you can buy whole fruit, whole vegetables, whole uh, – not whole animals necessarily, but like that sort of thing and do that work yourself at home, you're always going to be a couple of steps safer. People make mistakes. Obviously, no part of this is intentional on anybody's point. Right, right, Nobody right. wants to poison cantaloupes, right? But it's happening. And it's happening over and over and over again, and you can keep yourself safer by doing that work at home.
0: I don't. Can you grow cantaloupes in oh, yeah. our climate? Yeah. So yeah, that's another uh, another way to go.
1: Yeah, we had volunteer watermelons this year, which were not good. <laughs> I don't know why they were not good. They were small and hard and kind of, uh, I don't know what the problem with those things was. But I think we had, I think we have the wrong soil in two of our boxes and uh, things that grew in those boxes were just kind of weird, but we have grown, we've grown cantaloupes. We've grown, like I said, lots of cucumbers, which is roughly the same family. Yeah. You can grow all kind of stuff.
0: Nice. I mean, that then you can't get it in the middle of winter unless you freeze it, grow a bunch and freeze them. That's, that's your uh, solution. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> Speaking of yuck, I need to update about my Monday. Oh okay. Because I'm I am right. continuing to encourage you to <laughs> do your due diligence and get screened because uh, early detection is the best form of prevention. So I was just what reminded me of it actually was looking at some of the symptoms of salmonella poisoning, which would be abdominal pains, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, so my colonoscopy was Monday. Okay. And I will say this: the the prep was not nearly as bad as I was expecting and I was expecting it to be you know be fine we had like I had like books in the bathroom and uh, all kinds of stuff thinking that I was gonna have to camp out in there and uh I haven't done the liquid that you drink I took the pills ah. but it was it was a cakewalk it really was I mean it was kind of annoying just because there's a period of time where you need to stay near the bathroom sure. but I was never not in control huh, okay you know so uh there's that. The, the weirdest part, um, or, or the the part I would say is more rough that you never hear so much about, is the after, afterward. Uh, my first time doing the anesthetic w- with the roofie, so you don't remember. And uh, so that, I remember things going blurry as I'm talking to the anesthesiologist.
1: Nice. And the next
0: thing I know, I'm in the room. So, um... You did not no. wake
1: up mid-rib.
0: No, no, not at all. So that part was easy peasy, Um, the thing that's kind of obnoxious is, and I don't even know if she told me this until afterward, or no, it was maybe right before they were going to wheel me back. So she's like, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, your large intestine, your colon, they come compact, flat, so they're going to pump you full of gas so they can do that so yeah so i was a macy's day parade balloon there for a while um as they were and they she said you know they're gonna get most of that out of you or a lot of that out of you but uh we're gonna keep you here until you can pass some gas and then then we'll send you home ben some of the <laughs> longest farts i have ever ever had in my entire life i mean i only got a little bit out there but i was like let's get home and then i c- came home because i don't know if your mom ever um speaking of midwest moms but when you're a kid and you're like, my tummy hurts, it's like, put your head on the floor, put your butt in the air. Yes. So that's all I wanted to do. And it's like, I'm not going to do this in the hospital. And I get <laughs> home, and I swear, I passed gas for probably 30 seconds straight. And that wasn't getting all of it out. So that the most uncomfortable part of the whole situation was having a gut full of air ah. um, that you're waiting to get out, you know, that day. So, and all in all, I mean, not... It, I think it would have been worse had I not had my Papa John's and my Helen's hot chicken experiences. Sure, sure. But uh, you know, those were much worse <laughs> than than any of this. Um, so, it, and if anyone is hesitant to do this, it it was real, or at least where I was modesty. Like they went out of the room. I did have to put on the thing open in the back, obviously, because that's where they need access to. But then right. I just rolled over on my side when I got to the to the place. And then that's it. So, yeah. Um, so
1: now, after the prep diet before your colonoscopy, what is the food that you were craving? Like, what was your first post colonoscopy meal? And and did know, it did it scratch the itch?
0: We I, I, that the not eating for the day, going just the liquid diet was also much easier than I anticipated because I thought I was just gonna be ravenous, ah. and it wasn't true. We got some weird Jellos. I got some um. Uh, lime jello because you can't have red or purple or blue jellos all the good ones (laughs) because there is good (laughs) jello but uh so we had some lime and uh some off-brand pineapple flavored jello which were you know they were okay they weren't bad but between that and like ginger ale and and sprite and we kept it pretty um I think there's even more that you I could have had. oh, I had some chicken broth. The huh. thing that I really did not want to see afterward was a glass of water because you have to drink so much water with the pills <laughs> and I was just like I do I don't don't even yeah. you know, I know I need to stay hydrated after this you know, I need to drink some stuff but I cannot drink some water um, right now. I think it was just like some um, like a uh, maybe it was even just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich initially because I didn't want to shock my system knowing how empty it was. Um, right. So you're not going right for the mole. E- right. Yes, exactly. And so, yeah, we just kind of eased back into it. And, and I don't think I was really even craving anything. So, yeah, huh. it was kind of boring. Right
1: on. <laughs> well, the last thing you want to have is an exciting colonoscopy. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Agreed. agreed. Like they My found joke- a
1: whole cantaloupe up there, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one. This is how they're getting contaminated. Um, <laughs> My joke the other day was, yeah, the, the biggest concern is I don't know where to hang the pictures.
1: Um, <laughs> right, right. So,
0: you know, up the staircase, I think, is the progression that, oh, yeah. that would, would serve best. And I also thought, remember way back when we were talking about the chocolates, that the, that company that will make your <laughs> yeah chocolate buttholes? Yeah. I actually, I have a picture now of my anus. So, uh, I think probably from the inside, not the outside. I was gonna but say, still, like, how do
1: you not hang those pictures just inside the back door to your house? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect spot. Behind the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Back
0: door is the back door would be, would be great. Yes.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, in a decade, I'll be able to share that experience as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's not. I mean, at least for me, not nearly as bad as. I mean, I wasn't anticip- anticipating it being horrible, but um, it really wasn't that bad, y'all. So uh, don't nothing to be afraid of. So if you if your doctor's telling you need to do it, go go do it.
1: Yeah, we're not we're not big on health conscious stuff on this show, but Steve's not wrong. Like I am that guy. I am that big tough guy, chef guy fellow who. Like, I just don't go to the doctor. And uh, when I do, I have a bad experience because I'm bringing that with me. Steve's the voice of reason on this one. <laughs> go, go get yourself checked out.
0: And I, I haven't, I'm not really concerned about colon cancer. I guess an uncle of mine may have had it, but it, I don't think it really runs in the family. But both my grand, I think both my grandfathers uh, and my dad had prostate cancer. Ah. And, and so I wanted to sort of, you know, you can do that with a just a, they do that with a P test, I think, you know, a PSA test or whatever they or maybe it's just a blood test and they check a level of something. But you know what? Colonoscopy, they just took a look on the way by. <laughs> so he's like, hey, prostate looks good. Great.
1: Great. So, was, you know, it was a pit stop on the uh, on the on the journey. But I suppose that is good to compare that against your family history, too, though, because you're right. There's not cancer in my family either i mean in my family we go in for more like the screaming crazies and addiction issues (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah i do have there's a small group of people i've got sort of watching out for me in case i go crazy and they have specific guidelines for what to look for
0: (laughs) yeah if the podcast lasts more than 15 years
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man i had someone say not say to me but i saw this on social media just today that having a podcast is uh, this generation's version of the lower back tattoo. And I was like, fuck you. I don't have a lower back tattoo, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not wrong. Yeah. Wow. So
0: that's, that's been the health minute. with Ben and Steve.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, beyond that, like we're doing okay for being in our very early forties. I feel like neither one of us is on heavy prescribed medications or, or, you know, yeah uh you're not on like blood pressure medication or anything no it's it's wild ladies and gentlemen if you are a chef if you're working in the restaurant industry if you're a server like you're all around your feet all day too every one of us has some sort of a like it's like that um far side where there's all the old guys sitting out on the front porch and they can tell the weather because of their trick knees and whatever we all have something like that like i've got a bum left foot everybody's got something i'm finding out that it's probably genetics it's probably my inherited toughness from both sides of my parents family um that i don't have chronic things that need to be treated with medications right like yes i'm sort of battered right like i'm just sort of worn out it's like indiana jones says you know it's not the years it's the miles but like I'm okay. Like I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have hypertension. I don't have any of these other things. Whereas the amount of stress you put on your body working in the restaurant industry exacerbates whatever those problems would have been. So let's say you would have you know, had some sort of a, 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 an issue that required a surgery or a medication or something when you're 70. That shit hits you when you're 35 if you're in the industry just because <laughs> you're sprinting toward it, just ruining your body the whole way. So I'm very lucky. That that I, like, all of my creakiness is just use. It's not that there's actually something wrong, which is great. I mean,
0: uh, most kitchens are made of the most unforgiving materials. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Let me stand on concrete for 15 hours a day for 30 years. Let me just do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, do the shoes that, uh, the sh- cook shoes or whatever they call them, <laughs> when they come
1: around trying to sell you shoes, are those, like, in any way good? Here's the problem. So yes and no right so i'm not allowed to wear clogs anymore because of the what is it called the thing that's wrong with my foot i don't recall what it's called anymore basically there's no muscle underneath one of my toes so it's just like bone and then nerves and then skin underneath the underneath one of my toes right on my left foot it's got a name Metatarsal. you named
0: your toes (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) underneath phil there's this thing called <laughs> metatarstalgia, and it's it's awful. Like, it it for a minute, when it was at its worst, I could not stand on, I couldn't put any weight on that foot for days, right? And that's not how my job works. And so it was get out of clogs and get into a work boot, get this particular insole. Clogs, for me, fix my back and shoulders, ruin my knees and my feet uh work boots great for my knees and my feet but murder on my lower back no real issue with my shoulders right so like i don't know what the perfect shoe is ladies and gentlemen if you're working in the industry and you have a the perfect shoe i am all fucking ears because i don't have it i don't have the perfect shoe right now i'm in a steel toed work boot which makes me taller don't get me wrong i like that part but it is uh constrictive because I'm a, I'm a really tight lacer of all my shoes and my feet get real damp in there but my feet are happy my knees are happy which is great when my feet and knees are happy i'm happy lower back a little cranky but when i wear clogs back is real happy feet wrecked just absolutely wrecked same thing with my knees so i don't know like pick your poison
0: yeah i feel like like the selling point for most of those or at least like the brochures i've seen hanging in the um break room or whatever always be like non-slip these are non-slip it's like oh yeah how are those for your back well you're not going to hurt your back by slipping
1: (laughs) exactly you won't land on your back
0: yeah like that's the that's the concern with those is because yes it's a slippery the the floors are super hard and they get very slippery if it's you know if humidity reaches above zero (laughs) percent um so you want non-slip uh shoes Um, so that you're not slipping and falling and dropping hot, heavy, sharp things on yourself.
1: Yes. And now my company is amazing, and I've talked about this before, but we do head-to-toe uniforms, right? So, like, my work boots that I have right now come from a company called Shoes for Cruise. I've loved Shoes for Cruise for years, but they stopped making their fucking clog, which I guess wouldn't affect me now, but, like, I'm in a work boot that comes from uh, SFC, and it's okay, I guess, uh, but i wish they had their clog back i don't know why they stopped making them because it's what all of us want to fucking wear but all of the rest of their shoes besides this work boot and a couple of like low rise almost like a tennis shoe which again non-slip everything else is front of the house shoes so i think that what happened is shoes for crews moved because they're not just kitchens right so they do like nurses and they do you know sure. doctors and anybody who's on their feet a lot, teachers. But for the most part, it's sneakers or like flats or like dress shoes, right? And then they've got one work boot and they've got some that are kitchen appropriate where it's like a, like a tennis shoe that's got a reinforced toe. It's not a steel toe, but it's a reinforced toe. And that's what most of my staff wears. But I, I want that Shoes for Cruise clog back. And um, I love the fact that my company pays for the boot. So I really shouldn't complain, right? It's also, it's free.
0: <laughs> you know. Could you do clog on right
1: foot? and uh work boot for phil so for a minute i was wearing my clogs until they hurt and then i would put my boots on <laughs> but i i eventually got to a point where i was like you know what i have to throw my clogs away I, this is emotionally gonna wreck me because they were dance goes they were gorgeous they were 140 dollars uh, but i had to throw them away because it was just like I, the temptation to wear them is always going to be there and i can't keep doing it Because I would get to a point where, like, I'd wear them off and on throughout the week, and then Saturday morning, my feet would just, like, pulse. They would just throb, Uh and it was just like, you know what? This is no way to live. (laughs) You can't do this. Ugh. Because working in the restaurant industry will destroy you in any way that it can, right? That's emotionally, that's physically, that's financially. Any way it can do it, it'll get you.
0: Yeah, Uh, just a small trigger warning, but I think that the uh, solution to this would be just to carpet the kitchen. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: I saw an illustration a while back. I have never used any of these AI programs where it's like, I asked an AI to put Harry Potter characters into Star Wars, and then it puts out these things, right? That one, by the way, was actually fucking awesome. Um, I did see one where it was something like farm to table, except they just kept on telling the AI more farm, more table, more farm, more table, and reiterating it a bunch of times. And there was one image of a chef or a cook or a group of cooks, I forget now, in a kitchen working, stainless steel tables, hood vent, you know, wood-fired grill, stove, dishwasher, all of that stuff. But it was dirt and grass that they were standing on. And I looked at that and my feet went, give me some of that shit. (laughs) Because no joke, aside from the fact that it's like you could never inspect a place like that, that would be amazing. Give me a live grass kitchen. Fuck yes. (laughs) Would it work? Yeah. Not for a single day. (laughs) But just the idea of that. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah.
0: Well, those tiles at one point were dirt, I think, and then compressed over centuries to be the diamonds that they are now.
1: Or, like, give me a Chia Pet floor, right? Like, every day (laughs) it regrows and you stomp on it all day and it dies and then it comes right back the next day. Or moss. Give me a moss. That'd be slippery as fuck. That's not a good idea. I don't know. The picture made my feet feel better in real life. Just looking at it, <laughs> yeah. it was like ASMR, but a photo, but for my feet. Like, it was weird. It was a weird experience, but I did not mind any part of it.
0: What if we could, like, we'd sink the floor about, you know, yay far or, you know, foot foot depth and just fill it with, like, warm water and Epsom salts <laughs> that's constantly <laughs> circulating
1: well, so have you ever seen the floor mats that they put on kitchen floors that have those big circle cutouts in them, right? Yeah. I always wondered why you couldn't have, like, essentially snowshoes that was a chef's shoe with that mat underneath it as you just <laughs> walked around, right? <laughs> yeah. That's that's brilliant. Then the floor could be whatever you want. The floor could be hot lava. It wouldn't matter. You could just walk around yeah. on those things all day.
0: Yeah. And if you could have it so that they're suspended a little bit, so they're, like, you know,
1: like little trampolines of that. Yeah oh perfect see that's some galaxy brain shit right there let's do that yeah although i don't want to be carrying like a 10 gallon stockpot wearing trampoline floor <laughs> mat shoes and also heelys they're also <laughs> heelys <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> see now we're talking you can serve in those yeah <laughs> are like the very end of ratatouille you'd be roller skating all around yeah fastest kitchen staff ever right wow yeah, it's it's things like that, right? It's talking about my feet that makes me go, I don't want to open a restaurant. Because <laughs> <laughs> anytime I get frustrated with my job, which happens with this job less than it's happened with any other job in my career, and I'm coming up on, ladies and gentlemen, if you can believe this number, I'm coming up on eight years in this job. I'm frustrated with this job less than any other job I've ever had, but when I do come up against frustrations, I fantasize about opening my own place, and then my feet go, fuck you, we're not doing that. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a bad idea.
0: Well, now, if you opened it, that doesn't necessarily mean you'd have to be in the kitchen every day, right? You can take care of all the other stuff that gives people high blood pressure.
1: Yeah, you know me, though. I would be there all the time. It's funny. I look at the other managers in my company, and there are some of them who, like, legit have desk jobs, right? So I'm a food service director of a fairly small operation, right? We feed about 500 people a day. Breakfast and lunch and snack, and we do some catering. My job as executive chef slash food service director saves money for the company because they're only putting one person in that dual role, essentially. But we're not big enough to have two managers. There are schools, like we have small colleges and such where like the FSD is a dude. Well, is a person wearing dress clothes who works primarily behind a desk. And I look at that and I'm like, part of me says okay to that. And the rest of me is like, that looks awful. Who (laughs) wants that job? No way! If I'm not cooking at least 40% of my day, I don't. Why am I here? You know. Yeah. Maybe I'll change my tune as I age, but I don't know, man. Like, going into Monday this week, I have one staff member out that I just found out about today, and I have another staff member out who just found about that. found out about that last Monday, and um, I am going to be cooking kind of a lot. That part I don't mind. There's a bunch of other crap, like, that has to happen in my office that I'm not excited about. But, like, the cooking part, ah, eh, that's, that's the fun part for me. Still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have to make gluten-free falafel on Monday. That actually kind of sounds fun. <laughs> you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you want to transition over into employment woes and then, and uh, then wrap y- up? Sure. Oh, man. Steve... You try to be a nice boss. You know what I'm saying? How old are we? We're in our early 40s. Yeah. So as an adult in charge of other adults, you have this naive expectation that you set the expectations. You're like, hey, employee, here's exactly what your job is. And then the employee is like, okay. And then you're like, hey, employee, here's when your job needs to happen. And the employee is like, okay. And you're like, and here's how much I'm going to pay you for those two things to happen. You show up when your shift is supposed to happen and you do the job that you're supposed to do. And the employee is like, okay, cool. And then they don't do those things. And you're like, okay, I thought we were all adults here. We all speak roughly the same language. So you take that employee aside and you're like, hey, you know how you're late every day? Don't do that. Because you signed a code of conduct, you signed an employee agreement, you said that you would be here on your scheduled time for your scheduled shifts, and by the way, everybody works the same shift every day, it never changes. So there's no excuse really, so just be on time, everything will be cool. And the employee's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And that employee is on time for like three or four days, and then... It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So then by like the next Wednesday, that employee is late again. So you're like, well, we have to do this official style because that's the company I work for. So you do what is called a constructive counseling with that employee, which is the nice way of saying you're being written up because I fucking told you to be on time. And then you didn't show up on time again. And you do that on a Thursday. And the employee, you say to the employee, here's your write up. Told you to be on time. You were not on time. You texted me 20 minutes before your shift was supposed to start to say that you would be exactly one hour late, which is weird and suspicious anyway. And then you were more than an hour late. Here's your write-up. I need you to sign this copy. This copy is for you. Do you have any questions? And the employee snatches their copy out of your hand and walks away and doesn't talk to you for the rest of the day. Great. then that employee works all the next day, showing up exactly on time, and you can see that employee waiting in the parking lot to show up exactly on time. (laughs) And then on uh, the following Monday, that employee texts you that they cannot work, and they need the day off. And so you fire that employee, and that employee is very confused. Like, we're all adults, right, ladies and gentlemen? For fuck's sake, we're all adults. Uh how many chances can you give somebody? That's the question, Steve. Yeah. Now, am I a stickler about people being on time? Yeah, kinda. I got two staff members who take, no, I have one staff member who takes public transit. And because of how much of a shit show, Chicago transit authority is when that employee is late, that is totally justified every time. And I hope that she never hears this because she may or may not take advantage of it. But like, If you're taking the bus to work, yeah, you've got a grace period. Because the buses in Chicago, there's a lot of them and they suck. They all suck. (laughs) Every one of my staff who drives, they're roughly on time every day. So I'm not really worried about it. If it is that you are late a lot, that's not a deal breaker. We should be able to have a conversation like adults where I say, you know your schedule, just be on time, everything will be cool. And then you be on time and then everything's cool, right? However, if you are already an employee who can't take direction from my sous chef, who is told to do specific things and you do different things anyway, who I go out of my way to make a process form for you because you're having trouble getting the product that you need for a Thursday because you're not telling me about it until Wednesday and... So I make this form where I'm like, look, on Friday, check these things out and then get me an order on Monday and we'll get everything together and you'll be awesome. And then you immediately don't do any of those things. Then when you show up late, then I'm like, all right, this has got to fucking stop. Right. So, like, with me, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever decide to work for me, here's what you should expect. I'm going to tell you exactly what I want you to do. I'm going to train you how to do it. And I'm going to expect that you're going to keep doing it. I'm going to expect you to be on time. I'm going to expect you to want to help out. Like, I don't employ people who step over messes, right? You see a mess on the floor. You didn't make it. Nobody else is around. You clean it up. That's just common courtesy. I expect that out of people. I don't train people to do that because I want them to know that they should do that. Like, that that one's kind of a trick, but not really. That's just kitchen stuff, right? I want people who are going to have a broader view of what the entire operation is because... As trite and hackneyed as it is, when one person succeeds, we all succeed. And when one person fails, we all look like shit, right? So if my salad bar is empty, it's not my salad bar person's bad look. Every one of the people, like all of the client, they think that we all screwed it up, right? So yeah. we all succeed together, we all fail together. That's the sense that – and I tell people that straight up, right? Right. Nobody working in my kitchen is an island. When this person first had an issue with my sous chef, this person's response was, I want to come into work, and I want to do my job, and then I want to go home, and that's it. And that always turns into somebody quitting or getting fired. Every single time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you say to your chef, I just want to come in, do my job, and go home, you are planning on quitting, or you're going to get fired. One of those things is going to happen, sooner rather than later. At my shop... I tend to let things go a little too long, but I hope that everybody who works for me knows that that's out of a place of caring because I do invest in my staff. I do want them to succeed. I do want them to get promoted, learn new shit, be better, do better, get paid more, all of that stuff. I want all of that for them. I tend to let people slide a little too long because of that. And where it became important to me to get rid of this employee is where it was affecting the rest of the staff because I'm not going to ruin five people to save one person who i'm i've now decided i'm not investing in anymore because if i hand you a piece of paper that says do these things on these days and everything will be awesome and you don't do it well then you don't care either right and you gotta go so that yeah. was my week <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's
0: you know, as employees, we don't want to be taken advantage of, but yep. employers don't want to be taken advantage of either. Yep. And um, if you're constantly arriving late with a sob story or even without a sob story, then and, and you're getting away with it, you are, in fact, getting away with something, and it's only going to last so long before the employer decides that it's not worth their time to put up with being taken advantage of.
1: Well, years ago, we had a guy working for me who would show up late and leave early. First guy out the door every day, right? And then he would complain about never having any money. And I was like, okay, well, the day's not over. Garbage is not out, dishes are not finished, things are not put away, and you're the guy who's like, oh, I got to thing, I got to go. I'm like, okay, you're cutting your own hours. This is a guy who would complain, one, one week he got 30 hours and he was like, how do I only have 30 hours? And I was like, you're the last one here, you're the first one out, like, that's how. And I've learned lessons. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody is born knowing how to manage people. I, I am not saying give your boss more leeway because your boss generally does not have your best interest in mind. Just going to say that right now. I, <laughs> I balance the best interests of my staff with the best interests of what we're doing as a whole, and that part is very tricky. Not everybody is good at that, right? I also have to keep in mind that the company has certain requirements of me, right? So, like, now... <laughs> This part's awesome. It's very difficult to get fired from my company because we're owned by lawyers. There are lots of steps and they want to make sure T's are crossed, I's are dotted, the whole deal, right? Now I am under scrutiny to make sure that I did not single this person out and fire this person on a technicality where I had home office call me and say, this other person was late a couple of times last week. Are you enforcing this equitably? That's the kind of granular look that my company has because of keeping the company safe and because of being fair to the staff. Companies will say, everybody here's a family. That's a fucking red flag. My company (laughs) doesn't say that, but my company will say there is a rule and everyone follows it. And if one person gets in trouble, everyone gets in trouble or no one gets in trouble, right? Like my company... If I say something to a staff member and they don't like it, they can call my boss. His picture is above my office door with his email and his phone number. They can just call him up and be like, Chef Ben said some whack shit to me. They can do that. And my boss is going to call me and be like, is everything all right? (laughs) Because my boss has got my back. But that's a separate thing, right? We want to treat people fairly, equitably, and pay them well and all of that kind of stuff. However, you're right too, Steve employees will try to take advantage of any little thing they can. And I have done that as an employee, right? So like that, the cool dad who tells the kid, I remember what it was like to be 13. I remember what it was like to be a line cook who tried to steal shit and milk the clock and do all of that stuff. I remember all of that because I've worked for some assholes in the past, right? Yeah. Being the nice boss, being the boss who cares. Like, I remember birthdays. We're doing a gift exchange this year for Christmas. Like, all of this stuff is unnecessary. I don't have to do any of it, and I want to, because I want my staff to want to work at this location for me. And then you get taken advantage of, and you're like, fuck all of you. I wish I had robots. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's it's so hard to balance all of that stuff, man.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I think there's the distinction, a good distinction, though, is like working for... Uh, an asshole is, is different than yeah. working for, you know, not an asshole. Um, but also, I, I feel like maybe they were trying to quiet quit, and you can't do that in a kitchen. No, there's, there's zero possibility of that, right? There's no way you can do
1: that. Yeah, so I am certain that this person was... So I... The issue between this person and my sous chef happened the very beginning of November, right? And by the time it came to a head and we had a sit down meeting that this person tried to refuse to go to. And I said, Oh no, no, now I'm speaking as your boss. You will come to this meeting or you can leave right now. I said, there are two choices. You can sit down and have this meeting where we talk like adults, or you can get the fuck out. I didn't say it quite like that. And this person agreed to that meeting. After that, this person took the next two days off. And then we went on Thanksgiving break and I thought, we're not going to see this person again. They came back, whatever. Right? So, what I want is I want the rest of my staff to see this was measured and this was reasonable and this was handled by the book where there were talks, there were discussions, there were write-ups, and this person got fired. Because when that person came back after Thanksgiving break, I am certain that what she was doing was trying to get fired so that she could go on unemployment. And that's not how that works because we do document and when we fire, when we terminate with cause, you don't get unemployment. Like That's not a game you can play with us because we're owned by lawyers, right? I only say that because she called home office and contested her firing and I know that because of the questions that home office asked me. I spent an hour on the phone with one of our legal uh, counselors or whatever you call them talking about all the notes that I had written and all the stuff that was in her file and all of the write-ups because there were there were two write-ups plus a uh, documentation of casual conversation, right? Uh, to make sure that everything was cool because she did two things. The first thing she did because I called her. She didn't pick up. I emailed and I texted and I said, You'll, you're going to get paid out for your vacation time. You no longer work for us, whatever. So she contested her firing. Must have said that she was being singled out for uh, the payroll. It's a time clock payroll violation because I was spoken to about that and about treating everyone equitably and making sure that I'm enforcing that kind of stuff. And she also wanted me to be in trouble because I was not going to pay out her sick time. She had about 30 hours of sick time. Well, Illinois, you don't have to pay sick time out. And my company is not going to fuck around with that. They were like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't get paid for that. And so I am certain she was trying to also file for unemployment and home office told her that she couldn't do that either because she was fired with cause. And it's a bummer because I put time and effort and training and emotion into, like, this is someone who's been to my house, right? Like, she came to my barbecue last summer. This is someone who I consider to be not a friend. I don't really do that at the job anymore because I've had that backfire on me too. Because you learn lessons every time. But, like, yeah. this is someone that I was friendly enough with and I cared about. And now she's got a year and a half on her resume that she can't talk about. And she's not going to use me as a reference, right? Like that's just gone. And she's going to have to explain that whole to whoever it is that she tries to work for next. And she doesn't have that. I feel bad about that a little bit. She doesn't have that buffer. She's not going to get unemployment. She has to get a job in a hurry. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. This is not how I wanted any of this to go, but she was not giving me what I needed Which is, I wanted that, I wanted her old abilities, attitude, back. She was part of the crew who was good enough at her job, but pleasant, uplifting, caring, all of that kind of stuff. And when she made that turn, when she felt she had been disrespected but did not want to talk about it, and she made that turn and she shut completely down, and she started phoning it in, she was not the person I hired anymore. She wasn't doing the job I hired her to do. Yeah. And then showing up late, leaving early, all of that kind of stuff. She was hoping to get fired and she got what she wanted.
0: Yeah. Just not everything that she wanted. Yeah. And it's,
1: <laughs> it's, it sucks, but to a certain degree, I have to be kind of robotic and mathematical about stuff like that. Where, I, again, I have learned lessons over the past eight years about, like as one person out of a team like that becomes toxic it ruins everybody else it has the potential to ruin everybody else and i am much more invested like so two of the people on my team right now have been there almost since day one right like it's almost 8 years one of them my sous chef has been there three or four years now right one of my new employees newest employees um she's been with me only this calendar year she's fucking great i don't want her to think I am a manager who is gonna let people get away with shit, right? Like I don't want that to be the look. And we have somebody who's been there for like a month. Or <laughs> a month or two. I can't have that person coming in and thinking, well, why am I working really hard if this person over here is coming in late, right. leaving early and just kind of phoning it in? So Yeah. Part of it is to keep up appearances. Part of it is just to be like, Look, we all work together, we all do roughly the same amount of work, except for my sous chef who runs her ass off. And I have to keep really, uh, I strongly encouraging her to take her breaks. <laughs> she has a uh, verve is the wrong word. She has a, a a level of energy that I admire and that I am trying really hard not to take advantage of. <laughs> um, but like the work gets done and everybody's fairly happy. I just want people to be fairly happy when they come into work. You shouldn't. You spend so much time at work. You can't be miserable there, right? Right. Yeah. And when one person is, it just goes it spreads it just spreads out right a kitchen i've always said this like if i go out to eat i could still walk into the kitchen i could tell you how happy a kitchen it is like you could it's like a submarine you can just tell you know <laughs> yeah yeah you don't want things to go bad in the submarine either
0: what what have been the straws for you when you were an employee i know um there've been some i know Cause I I mean I remember conversations when uh, around the time you were started looking for new employment in different places especially like uh, um, restaurant B is that what we called it that um, uh, that th- there was something that happened right to be like okay that's it I'm gonna look for new but you never you didn't phone it in in the interim.
1: Well, so that's also never been my thing. I still have this ingrained fear of the chef, even though I am the chef. I'm still afraid if I sit down, I'm going to turn and I'm going to be in trouble because somebody's going to be standing there looking at me like, why the fuck are you sitting down, right? (laughs) I have that fear now, even though I'm the guy who would get somebody in trouble for that, right? So it's not great, that I have this fear built into me of somebody's always watching me and I'm going to be in trouble if I'm not working super hard. It's also just that I have this work ethic my parents gave me that is has always been taken advantage of by my bosses, but it's always also gotten me where I am, you know? I've always risen through ranks in all the restaurants I've ever worked in. At, at hotels, Whatever i've always been the go-to guy i've always been the one who will do more work more hours whatever because that's i also just love it i love i love the environment i love the work i love all that kind of stuff i understand and i kind of admire people who just are going to work they're doing a thing they're good at and they're going home and they are giving it their all while they're there but it's not crucial to who they are the way that it is for me cooking and restaurant culture is crucial to who i am if i were to lose a hand or I would I lost some sort of I I, if I had some sort of a malady that meant I couldn't cook anymore that would remove from me some essential portion of, of what I am you know I, I tell this story when I worked at the fancy hotel here in Chicago. There was a guy named Javier who was a, one of our breakfast prep guys, and he came into work. He was great. He was friendly. He did his job, and then he went the fuck home. He didn't go to any parties. He didn't hang out with anybody. He had nobody's phone number. He didn't care about anybody because he had a whole life outside of work, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's tricky for me to want out of my staff the same like level of intensity and like giving their all. When I know I could, I'm not taking care of them the way I could be, right? Like, I pushed for huge raises going into this year, and it's still not enough money, right? But I did what I could, and I console myself that way. But everybody on my team should be making more money than they are, right? So I can't expect that much more out of them. However, if you are legitimately phoning it in, if you are coming in exactly at the minute you're supposed to clock in, and then you go change into your uniform, and then it's like 10 minutes by the time you're actually on your station. And then the second you're done with your, quote-unquote, your work, you're going home, not investing in you. And I'm not giving you any slack either. You fuck up, I'm going to fire you, <laughs> you know? Because that person is not valuable to me in the way that the people that I really care about and I'm really investing in are. Yeah. I can't count on that person, you know? Right. Because I don't need robots. I don't need automatons. I need people who are fun and engaged and can creatively problem-solve. And all of that extra shit that you can't train and that you can't hire for, you just have to get lucky with it, you know? And all of my bosses always got lucky with me having that. I love that stuff.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you are going to uh, extra emphasize in the... uh interview process
1: (laughs) well here's the thing about me steve i don't know if you know this i'm no dummy so again going back to it's the first week of uh, november and this employee is uh, having a personal issue with my sous chef again this person's problem with my sous chef was her problem it was not my sous chef's problem it was a misunderstanding that blew all out of proportion and then this person wouldn't talk about it and sat on it and stewed and it turned into a whole thing that didn't actually exist I started a job ad that day. After that whole thing went down, I put a job ad out. Because the other thing is that my company, we're always hiring. Just, you know, like, sluttily. Just always hiring, right? (laughs) And so I had a whole bunch of people apply, and then it looked like this person was going to be okay, and then they were not okay. So I have somebody starting on Monday. Oh, great. Wow. Nice. The day before... I wrote this person up for being late the person that i'm hiring who is starting on monday came in for an interview and came in for an interview for an on-call position right and this new person um, i had originally because i thought for sure this cook was not coming back after thanksgiving and so i told this applicant after this person came back i told the applicant like look the job is no longer available but we do have an on call which is no guarantee of hours but it's a foot in the door in case we do have an opening later so she came in and interviewed right in front of this person i think that also contributed let's be honest came in and interviewed for this on call position the next day this cook was late and i and i wrote her up and then she was and then she worked one more day and she hasn't been back right so uh i now have this is the shortest turnaround we've ever had but i fired somebody on monday last week and i'm hiring i'm starting someone on monday this coming week because like the cia says the culinary institute of america preparation is everything and as soon as i saw things going bad i was like i'm gonna fucking try to hire somebody right now because it takes a long time it just happens to be that this time around it only took about a week the 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 difference there was only about a week
0: yeah and that's primarily probably because of background check
1: yeah yeah so again, um, will I in the future, if things start to get wonky with an employee, uh, bring people in under the pretense of hiring them as on calls? Yeah, now that I know that that shit works, fuck yeah, I'm going to, and uh, it's going to be great. So uh, why not? Well, and you do
0: need. I mean, having someone that is gone through the process to be, that could be on call is not a bad idea either, right? So that if you are short staffed, you could because shift gig doesn't exist anymore.
1: Right, we use a company called LGC, which has, I mean, it's a temp agency, so what are you going to do? They're not great. But at the same time, like, uh, when they send me people who are just going to be servers, they know what to do. They can serve food to kids, whatever. Yeah. Um, what am I going to change in training new people? We have what are called position control worksheets, which are a bummer to put together because you really do have to map out, like, here's what your day looks like from when you get here to when you leave and it's can be kind of difficult for me not working all these stations myself all the time to map out how that's gonna go but i have because i refreshed the one for that job when i was having trouble with this person and so it's as simple as that It's, it's a sheet to hand and just say by this time you should have these tasks done by this time you should have these tasks done here's when we open here's when we close here's what garbage removal looks like like it's all written down, and so that's it's like here's here's what you need to do during your day. It's not even a job description. It is a, a, a broken down by half an hour map of the entire yeah. day. Yeah, play it's, by play. Yeah, it, exactly. It's a bummer for me to set up, but once they're done, it's actually a really nice tool.
0: Nice. But it's so just in- it's
1: a matter of setting expectations, holding people to those expectations, and either praising or um, redirecting as necessary.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we, we know that your shop is a little different yeah. just in terms of, um, you know, w- the parts of the year that you're dark, but, um, uh, y- it's not, not, uh, a bad job or a bad gig. Right. Um, at least if you were to be believed, <laughs> um, but you're still, you've still had, <laughs> I mean, I guess part of that was pandemic though too, but you've had to see a in the eight years you've had quite a bit of turnover. Is it, do you think average, like industry average turnover that you've experienced? Have you experienced higher than industry average turnover? Or um, do you think the same thing that you're experiencing right now is happening in the rest of the industry, I guess is basically what I'm asking.
1: You know, it's very hard to say because COVID made everything very strange for a couple of years in the industry. So it's tough to say, because I mean, we're not, obviously we're not out of COVID, right? It's 2023, and the, the middle of COVID was like fall of 2020 through fall of 2021, right? Yeah. So turnover in restaurants, you're looking at anywhere between an employee leaves after like four months or leaves after about a year. But that's like you just said, that's in full year-round restaurants, whereas we have that big summer break that gives people a chance to reset. And a lot of my staff... You know have other jobs they take over the summer or they'd go on unemployment because they totally can or whatever but it does turn into a bit of a reset and it can be nice for longevity right i have two of my like i said two of my staff members have been there eight years and seven years and then i've got one who's been with me for about four and then i have two who one of them has been with me for almost a year and the other one has been with me for a couple of months and then I have a brand new one starting on Monday. So I don't even know what to tell you now because like where you would have like, oh, this guy's been with me for five years. When COVID happened, that sort of reset everything and all the expectations got weird. So I don't even know. Uh, Everybody that I know in the industry is still hiring all the time, but I don't know if that's still COVID fallout or if it's, people like now that more and more things are reopening and restaurants are starting to open again as like new restaurants I don't know if people are jumping ship for that but there are still fewer cooks out there than there were pre-pandemic just as yeah. a workforce goes there are fewer human beings doing this work
0: yes some of them are no longer on this earth and some of them uh, despite any sort of uh, level of skill they may have had, saw the writing on the wall and were like, I'm going to, my hobby is now my job.
1: Yeah. They went and got real people jobs, which is great. And I, I applaud them for that. It's, I used to make fun of restaurants who were constantly hiring and had huge turnover. But now that I manage people, it is much more easy for me to sympathize with that, where it's just like, you know what you would think. And I've, I've said this for years every problem is solvable all you need to be able to do is talk like adults calmly and every problem is solvable and then you run up against somebody who you have trusted and worked with for a year and a half and their personality has like her personality changed so much from one day to the next that i was worried something had happened at home like there was a death or there was very new recent drug use or there was some sort of a illness or something because it was such a huge change but her apprehension of the job personally in the kitchen changed so much that she was a different person. And we could not talk like adults. And I did not have the opportunity to fix it. But, like, the the era of a restaurant where the chef just yells and everybody does what that chef says, that's gone. Or if it's not gone and you're running a place like that, guess what? It's going to be gone fairly soon. Yeah. People aren't putting up with that shit anymore. They're just not doing it. They're like, oh, you're going to yell at me? I'm going to go work someplace where they don't yell at me. And I don't yell. That's a thing that I don't do in my shop. I don't yell. I've done it once in the eight years that I've been there and that guy got fired very quickly afterward because I wasn't yelling. I was yelling back and that's still not a great way to go. It's the expectation as adult human beings should be, I have a problem. Let's talk about this problem and see if it can be fixed. Simple as that. And when people yeah. don't want to do that part, like something else is going on and I can't help that part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think as a whole, just society-wise, people are less inclined to believe that they're wrong. Yeah. Um, And I think that whenever you go into a conversation like that, you have to at least be open to the possibility that your interpretation of events is incorrect. Yeah. Um, You know, it it might not be. You might be correct, but you have to at least be like legitimately hear the other people out and hear things from their perspective um, because maybe you did misinterpret whatever it was that happened. Um, so you need to at least give the uh, opportunity, you know, um, for, for that sort of thing. But if you go in uh, on the defensive, um, then, you know, it's real hard to, uh, to admit or realize that perhaps things were misinterpreted.
1: Well, and, and I don't want to downplay this too, because like a person has lost their job, which is a big deal, right? I learn lessons every single time I have to have something like this happen. Uh, every time I've had to fire somebody, it's been for the good of the greater crew, you know? Except for the one guy who I had to fire because he lied about having a cocaine possession charge, but that was a whole separate thing. But everybody I've had to fire, or who has... Yeah, everybody I've had to fire has been to protect the integrity of the rest of the team. Right? And I've done that very purposefully, and it's been very measured and specific and one of the things that i love the most about my company is that i don't get to hide behind procedures and policies but they are there to support me right so like when this person said over and over and over again it took a half an hour to get her into a room to have a meeting which she kept on saying i'm not going to sit down i'm not going to talk i was like you've you signed a document That's our code of conduct, and part of that is arbitration. It's built into our code of conduct that if there is a problem between two staff members, you have to sit down and have a meeting. That's just written down. You signed that thing, right? There's a level of comfort for me to be able to say that where it's not like I'm hiding behind the company. It's just the rules. That's the rules. You signed on the dotted line. You know what that rule is. I'm going to hold you accountable for that. So there's accountability, there's expectations. You don't have that shit in restaurants. Like We were talking about this a while back, that there's no manual for this in restaurants, right? Yeah. So it's kind of nice that I don't work in legit restaurants anymore because the processes that are in place here support me. They also protect the employees in situations just like this. My sous chef was wrecked for like two weeks about this. Because she spent a lot of time thinking that she had done something wrong. And I was like, no, 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 no. This person's problem with you is their problem. They are doing the wrong thing. They are making the wrong assumptions. They are making accusations. They are wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. And she wasn't, it took her a minute to get to a point where she learned a lesson from this whole thing, which was, no, you did the right thing. You were behaving in the right way. There was one misstep my sous chef made, and this employee refused to hear her apology. And at that point, I was like, yeah, we're losing this person. She's going to quit or get fired. Like, I knew that was going to happen at that point. Yeah. And if, as an adult, you can't look at it like you said, keep in mind that you might be wrong or you might be misinterpreting or you might misunderstand, she wouldn't even accept an apology in person to her face. Like, okay, yeah, you don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And there's no reason for that. Yeah. But my job as a manager, which sucks, is to recognize this problem now can't be fixed. In a way that all of these people are going to still work here. I mean, the problem yeah. got fixed. Don't get me wrong, because when I say every problem is fixable, eh, there's a little bit of a threat in there because some of that, like some <laughs> of some of those options, are you quit or you get fired. Like those are fixes. They're just not great ones, and I hate firing people. I hate it. It's awful. Sometimes it's not quite awful, but it's generally awful.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, as a coward, it's a lot easier for people to quit. If we're in this sort of a situation, like, I don't want any of my staff members to just quit. Just call me up and be like, fuck you, I quit. I don't want that. But, like, when we get into that this spot, like, on her side of it, she didn't want to be there anymore. Ethically, she should have quit because she was not doing the job we hired her for. I had to fire her instead. Yeah, It was always going to be one of those two things.
0: I think one of the underlying um, lessons here is that at least like season one or two Wharf is not a good hire for a kitchen. Right. Like, like with if they're threatening, you know, they're getting out their bat list every time their honor is impinged <laughs> in any way. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, the kitchen can't handle that kind of chaos. There's enough chaos as it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So control the things you can prepare for the things you can't. Monday's going to be weird. Monday I'm going to be short-staffed with a brand new person who, the way that my company is set up, we don't, like the first day is onboarding and orientation and such and there are training videos to watch and whatever. Like, uh, by rights, I really can't have her do much until she's been trained because a lot of it is uh, HACCP stuff and allergen information and just things that we do to keep people safe. I don't know if I have hands on deck enough to not have her cook and I think that, because I'm hiring a cook, I think she's going to want to get her hands in. So we'll see how that goes. But I also don't, like, it's weird. Like, I don't have time to train her. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Because I'm going to be doing so much other stuff. But I'm bringing in a, I'm bringing in two temps, so we should be okay on Monday. It's just going to be right into the fire for this new person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, mm, yeah. yeah.
1: But again, like, the core of my staff, so the two people who have been with me the longest, my sous chef and my new uh, salad bar manager lady. I need to come up with a better name because it's not that's a weird way to say it. How about plant butcher? Plant butcher. My plant butcher, <laughs> the two the two long-termers and my sous chef, that core is so tight and so strong. I'm not that worried about these other two positions. My newest hire before Monday is excited, she's strong, she's having a good time, whatever. She's just new, so she doesn't she doesn't uh she can't anticipate she's still working in the like learning how to do everything part and then i'm gonna have somebody who's like brand brand new so that's that's a lot to juggle but again this is our last week before our winter break so there's also not that much like there's stress but there's not that stress of like fuck we've got eight more weeks of this it's we have five days we survive these five days we're all off for two weeks and after that doesn't really matter right like It's going to be great so this is probably the best time for this to happen again there is a thing that my kid brother said to me no a decade ago which is yeah everything always just kind of works out for ben randall yeah but a (laughs) lot of that is it's that terminator 2 you know know, uh, fate is only what you make for yourself right like i put myself in a position to have things work out for me you know yeah. Is it accidental that I was able to hire somebody a week after I fired somebody? Oh, no, no. I was working on that for a month before that, you know? Yeah. Nobody saw that part. My staff now looks at me like, holy shit, this guy hired somebody a week after we had to fire this other person. Wow. That's what I'm hoping. You know, I'm sure they don't say, <laughs> wow, they know me too well for that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, really, since since pandemic, you have never, I mean, the you've been not hiring less than you've been hiring. Yeah. I feel, so... uh you know you should be getting good at it
1: (laughs) yeah it's all i want is for people to show up on time know what their jobs are do their jobs be reliable and i want people to be in my blind spot right like my plant butcher i don't worry about the quality of the food she's putting out at all she asks great questions she tells me when she needs product ordered she's crazy which i love but she's crazy in a kitchen way right Same thing with uh, my two long timers, same thing with my sous chef, right? Like I've got all these blind spots, but they earned it from me. They do a job I don't need to manage necessarily, right? And that's all I want. And this person I just had to fire turned into somebody I had to micromanage. And I just don't want to do that. I don't want to have to back check somebody all the time. I don't want that. Because then I'm not doing my job. If I have to back check you, it means I didn't give you the information you needed up front, right? I don't want to feel that way about myself. Yeah. That's always been my thing about micromanagers. When somebody's coming to me two-thirds of the way through my task and telling me how to do it, I've always thought, like, why the fuck didn't you tell me this before I started? Yeah, I hate that. (laughs) I hate that process. Yeah. Now, the very last thing I want to say about this, because I'm getting kind of worked up, is because I did have to micromanage that person before she was fired, boy, do I have a lot of processes in place and a lot of things printed out and a lot of like notebooks and folders and stuff put together that I can hand to this new person on Monday and be like, hey, welcome to your job. (laughs) So I guess I should be like 8% grateful to this person that I just fired that they made me do a shitload of extra work before I fired her uh, because I can just translate that work directly into this new employee. So that's kind of cool, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, at least it it wasn't all for naught.
1: Yeah. Well, again, you learn something every time. You learn something every time. If you're paying attention. And what you try not to do is make the same mistake over and over again, right? So, like, every time I've had to part ways with an employee, I don't allow the situations to get to the point where I have to part ways with an employee because of that particular set of circumstances ever again. It's a reductive, long process, but eventually I'll be the perfect manager in like a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Long after I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I guess they're keeping it interesting for me. I don't know. I I was talking to one of the department heads on Friday this past week and she asked me how I was doing. I told her I was exhausted. We, out of six employees, I had three there because one of my employees had a funeral to go to, one of them had been fired, and one of them had a doctor's appointment. So the doctor's appointment was scheduled, the firing was not and the funeral was not. And so I brought in one temp and so there I had I was at half staff, right? And I just looked right at this department head and I said, My staff keeps trying to save me labor dollars in the worst way. (laughs) So don't get me wrong, my numbers were awesome this week. But I can feel it throughout my entire body.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Especially Phil.
1: Right. Phil is barking. <laughs> but again, I'm not speaking in a vacuum here. Every kitchen manager, chef, owner, sous chef, restaurateur, everybody feels like this right now. And it is a weird balance for us to be in as managers who were and, and chefs and whatever who were brought up in the screaming environment. It takes more time and effort and intention to talk to your staff and work out the problems rather than just yelling at them to do their jobs and quipping babies, which is what we want to do, but you can't do that anymore, and we probably never should have been able to do that. Right, right. (laughs) It's not a better way to go. It's a more efficient way to go, but then you're always hiring, right? I would much rather have a staff that have all been with me for the last eight years. That's not how this has worked out. It's not conceivable that that would ever work out that way. Yeah. Loyalty is always better than fear. Agreed and that's what i'm trying to do and it works more often than it doesn't work you know yeah until it doesn't and then i feel like this particular situation is unique i've had minor problems that we've been able to talk out throughout this school year and it's been fine. this particular situation was unique to this person and i'm not i'm not taking it as a a failure on my part this time around. There have been firings, there have been people who have quit, where when I looked at it later on, I was like, you know what, I could have done this or this, I could have handled it better, whatever. Not this case. This case was pretty much by the book, the way this went. Well,
0: and at the end of the day, there is no telling what sort of um, uh, extra employment things are going on in people's lives that you can't deal, I mean, all you can do is deal with what's going on in your shop. Um, regardless of how much the other stuff is influencing the people that are there, all you can deal with is that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, so who knows?
1: And again, uh, but- I hope that my staff knows that I am sympathetic to that. I still do a pretty strong leave it at the door for myself. But again, I go back to an English teacher I had in high school, right? Um, who one day I just said, Mr. Hintz never seen you have a bad day how is that even possible and he goes this is an act if you know as a student that i'm having a bad day i'm doing my job wrong because whether or not i'm having a good day or a bad day should not affect the education i'm giving you and as a kitchen manager as a food service director as an executive chef if i'm sad that should not be allowed to affect the management or the cooking or the operation in any way and i put that on myself because that's not real that's not really how humans operate but i've put that one on myself the rest of my staff if they're having a rough time i want to help if i can i want to hear about it if i if that's appropriate right like th- my my kitchen should not be the kind of place where i'm like leave that shit at the door i don't want to hear about it right right i can't always help that's but i want them to know that like that's like it is okay to still be a human being <laughs> and work for right me, yes yes know, yes that
0: Absolutely. I mean that's a that was one of the things at, when I after I was fired from the terrible bagel shop. Yeah. Um I I've uh didn't hear from anybody for very long but the the guy that we had hired not too much before that before I got canned, he was there. I mean I don't know how many weeks he was there. He was there a, a few weeks maybe. But I got a text from him like 3 days later I was like, "Hey, thanks for always treating us like human beings. <laughs> I was like, Oh, things are not going well, uh, there. Uh, but I, that made me feel good. I was like, well, Hey, at least I got that. You know, I got, I got, uh, hated by the owner. Um, but, uh, at least I treated my employees like human beings.
1: Yeah. And you have to, like there is, there is a balance again. There's a balance between this is the expectation this is what I need you to do. This is how much I'm going to pay you. And also, you know, we're people. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Yeah, yeah. If you come in and you're exhausted because your kid is sick, you didn't get any sleep last night, do I expect you to hop to all day? Get your job done as best you can. Let me know you need help before you're drowning. Tomorrow will be different. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had learned, I wish somebody had taught me all of this stuff when I was 25. When I was first starting to get into management roles in the industry, I wish somebody had told me all of this stuff. I still could not have done it, but I would not have had any concept that these ideas existed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So it would have been
1: mind boggling to me to hear that. And at least it could have been in my head, like simmering. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm learning this stuff now. It's wild wild stuff <laughs> all of this is to say that ladies and gentlemen if you're running a kitchen i sympathize with all of your employment and, <laughs> and hiring and firing problems right now because holy shit do i have them too so yeah yeah oh man have we covered it all steve uh, yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> i did not expect that part to go for an hour but what are you gonna do <laughs> the other thing is that aside from you Everybody who listens to the show, (laughs) I have nobody to talk to about stuff like this. Like I try talking to the other managers, but there's no other ones in Chicago. My company only has the one shop in Chicago. So we have some in Minnesota and we have one in Wisconsin. We have a bunch in Ohio, but it's not like I can sit down and talk to them. I don't really have peers. I can text, but everybody's busy and I don't want to bother anybody. And so I'm doing the thing that I want my staff to not do, which is I'm just keeping all this shit to myself. And I certainly can't talk to my employees about it because then it turns into a favoritism thing. Or I'm just burdening (laughs) them with stuff they can't help me with because it is all manager stuff. And I'm not going to talk to my boss about it because he's already helped me as much as he can. And I'm not just going to complain, right? So, yeah, I guess that's why we talked for an hour about this thing, (laughs) which is really a 10-minute story.
0: Well, you know, in in some ways, you're not dissimilar uh, from a colon that's been pumped full of gas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've got to <laughs> let that out. Look, you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <coughs> Circumstantially, I'm not. I'm not. There's no uh, no judgments. <laughs> I'm just saying that. You know, you got to let it out. You can't. You can't keep it in. Yeah.
1: All right, but I think that's the best laugh we're going to get tonight, so I think we could wrap it up now. <laughs> also, just, just to tell you, all of that stuff aside, I had the most glorious day today because it's Saturday. My daughter had a rehearsal for the church play. I went and picked her up after that rehearsal. We went and got her, uh, she just got her ears pierced, so we had to get the ear uh, post resized because they put a bigger one in because it has to allow for, like, swelling and stuff, but this was a month ago, so we had to go do that. We did some Christmas shopping. We went and got coffee. We bought a bunch of pastries. We So I have a bunch of desserts to eat. I've actually had a really good day. <laughs> you know. <laughs> all of this griping about employment stuff aside, like, I've had a really good day, and I want to go upstairs and eat some ice cream, you know. Yeah, and, good. And, yes, you uh, should. Oh, man. So I'll talk about this on the next show, because I haven't eaten this yet. There is a gal here in Chicago named Haley. Don't remember her last name uh look up ladies and gentlemen on instagram look up eat hard bitten with two n's at the end um Haley's a chef she does private chef stuff she does in-home dinners and things like that classically trained i believe this is one of these situations where she is not because she's a woman a pastry chef however she's found success making these like way high-end huge pop tarts right and okay gorgeous and glorious and 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 whatever i've never gotten to any of the places where she's selling them to get them we happened to be at a coffee shop in logan square today and they had them and i was like no fucking way i know what these are and so i bought three of them and that's something that i'm gonna have today too oh nice excellent so i'm excited for that because i've been following her on instagram for the longest time we're not connected at all and this is the first time i don't know it's been like three or four years now this is the first time i'm actually going to get a chance to try these things So I'm excited
0: about that. Uh, Send me a picture. There was a place that Kayla and I went to in Alexandria, a restaurant in Alexandria. I forget what it was now, but on their menu, that was one of their desserts was like homemade Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Um,
1: It's turned into uh, a thing. Like for a minute, it was fancy cupcakes, like very, very fancy cupcakes. Yes. And then it was, what was the next thing? Oh, uh, donuts. Very, very fancy donuts. We've talked about that. And then mm-hmm. now, then it turned into Pop Tarts.
0: That's fun. I can, uh, I can get, I can get behind high end Pop Tarts. I think
1: I am gonna text you a picture right now. I have no idea what's in any of these, so I will also update my Instagram once I cut into these and figure out what the fillings are. Because the guy behind the counter was like, "Oh, which ones do you want?" And I was like, oh, "I don't care. Just give me three of them. They're all probably gonna be fucking great." So just you know, tell me. Which... <laughs> just put three of them in a box, bro. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. So that is my story, Steve. That's all I've got for today. Cool. Uh we should do Oh man. Are we going to take a break? So Friday coming up is the last day of school before we go on break. I'm fairly busy that day. Saturday my wife and I have been invited to a party. So I'll be at a party Saturday. Sunday is my son's birthday, and we're going out to Gibson Steakhouse because my son is turning 15. He doesn't want a party. All he wants is a big steak. I'm like, you're clearly my son. (laughs) And then Monday is Christmas, so I guess maybe we could record early that week after Christmas. Oh, let's do it that way. Let's skip next weekend and go into after Christmas so that we can talk about Nook.
0: Oh, yeah. Sounds like a plan.
1: All right. So ladies and gentlemen following along at home, we will have a slightly longer than normal gap between this episode and the next one because we will do the next one after Christmas so we can talk about Gibson Steakhouse and Duck and a party that I got invited to. Nice. Yeah. All right, Steve. That's it for me. I need to go eat some giant Pop-Tarts. Yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, being my therapist this evening. And uh, <laughs> ex-employee, if you're listening to this... Uh, not sorry you did this to yourself everything is fixable you just got to talk to people like they're adults so for in the weeds with ben randall i am ben randall
0: and i'm stephen cadwell
1: we'll talk at you next week
0: Bye bye